Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. Season 2, Higher Balance Classics, Timeless Teachings. Rebel Guru Radio is sponsored by Cramp Medic, the most powerful cramp fighting supplement on the market. I think it's an excellent product. I can honestly say for myself, and this is of course uh, difficult to say because it's coming from me, but I hope you take my word on it. I don't think there's anything out there better than Cramp Medic for leg cramps. I used to get them on a near daily basis, maybe every couple days. I know that uh, when I had my motorcycle or bicycle, uh, my legs would be the worst. I would wake up in the middle of the night in pain. Uh, there have been times where I've thought about, maybe I should go to the emergency room. Since I've used Cramp Medic, I probably use one serving and I will not have to reach into using this again probably for two, two and a half weeks. That is more than double what I felt was the recommended like once for every seven days. That's how effective it is. I do think that people need to use it for two to three times to build up somehow in your in your system. We have mainly all positive reviews. Apple cider vinegar is what is going to reduce, you know, acid buildup in your muscle tissue very rapidly. Cayenne pepper is going to expand your capillaries to move that blood into those tight cramping muscles that just do not want to let blood in there to soften it. It is very, very effective. It is going to get in there. Electrolytes very fast. It's going to do the job. It's just a great product. And that's what I have to say about it. Crampmedic.com. The other thing I wanted to say is the Higher Balance Institute store, HBI, or higherbalance.com. We've worked very hard at reducing and slashing the pricing, trying to keep it as a mainstay price forum. Uh, People have said over the years it's too expensive for them and they can't afford it. Uh, I don't know what the next excuse is going to be because it is extremely affordable. Um, We're doing our best to do that. Having Cramp Medic, finding other stuff to maneuver around so we can keep this thing going uh, has allowed us to bring those prices down. Uh, We do have a lot, a lot of material, a lot of classes that are really excellent, I feel. you know, going probably for several dollars, some of those classes. Uh, probably at least 70, 80% off of what we charge, maybe even more. Uh, one thing we may do is maybe change around in the store, like uh, uh, bi-monthly or something, which modules we're offering, because there's so many, I think people get lost in it. So if there is something you want, I strongly suggest you grab it before we start moving it around, but it will come available again. It just may take six months to a year before the, all those other ones start arriving. Uh, back for availability and we're going to start taking down some probably to try to keep some organization to just the the bulk of uh information here which i'm very proud of um so that's what i have to say in that please check out higher balance institute uh you know or higherbalance.com and uh support higher balance please get uh try out uh cramp medic for family friends anybody who has leg muscle problems or any kind of muscle problems in particular it it truly is the best product out there. No foams, no creams. You don't have to run to the bathroom if you're working at the office to put on foams on your leg by pulling on your pants and trying to get to your legs. Uh, No need for tablets. One shot, seven days, phenomenal. If you are interested in acquiring Eric Pepin's books, visit higherbalancebooks.com.
I wanted to do is just let everybody know again, this is uh, Eric Pepin talking uh, to you live from uh, Higher Balance in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I understand we have uh, several hundred people listening uh, right now at this very moment, and I wanted to thank each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to uh, attend this uh, teleseminar. A uh, few notes. Um, let me uh, start by saying that what we're going to do is we're focusing today right now on the Higher Balance uh, Foundation material, uh, particularly uh, meditation and kind of working out any kinks or particular arities uh, for people. Uh, we have a number of people who have submitted questions to us, and what my staff has tried to uh, create is a, a system of working up from some of the easier questions that uh, the, the vast majority will probably know already, and then intermediate and work ourselves up to more complex questions. If I have more time near the end, we'll, we'll, of course, take as many questions as we can fit in. So I'm going to have them pass me. I would like to uh, have uh, a Mildred K. from Florida press star six so I can hear her and just announce her name. Okay. Her question was, how does meditation help develop the sixth sense? Uh, pretty basic, and I'm going to be cut and dry about it. Um, by clearing the mind, one learns to focus. The sixth sense, I believe, is a natural sense above the normal five. Therefore, you're giving it attention more or less. If, if one was to concentrate purely on touching, one would be able to, to have a greater level of sensation or feeling. By focusing in on or giving full attention to a sense is going to amplify it. I guess it's more or less what I'm saying. If you were to really focus a lot on sight, you would probably start to see different hues of color and, and visual textures better than you would if you were just normally glancing over things or not giving it an extensive amount of attention. So when we say ESP, um, by meditating, meditation is a tool to kind of put aside your other senses for the most part and or adapting them to be utilized uh, as a balancing board for this hidden sixth sense. The sixth sense then is able to stand forward more or less and start to take more recognition to itself. Um, that in itself is what's going to amplify it and raise one's consciousness. Uh, so it's definitely a major plus uh, for benefiting ESP or what one would call uh, you know a higher state of consciousness. Um, let's see, next question okay do we have an anna r from texas out there if she can press a star six so she can talk to me all right maybe we just muted, muted everybody too much <laughs> all right what was her question if i can only meditate once a day when is the best time to do the foundation meditation boy that's a tough one um everybody's pretty unique and i believe i i talk about it in the foundation set um i think that in the morning is one of the best times uh sunrise or just uh early periods of the morning what would be anywhere from 6 a.m let's say uh is a reasonable time right up till even 10 in the morning uh the same thing is for dusk um sunset may start at about four o'clock for some people depending what season it is and uh that could be brought up as as far up as to 8 p.m uh and in, in some years again, depending on your location. The reason for that is um, most people, uh, conscious mind is thinking, it's broadcasting, it's, it's a collective of thought. Um, so when 
mourning is more or less a, a period where the collective consciousness for, for your area, per se, where you live, the, the minds are still very clear. They're coming out of a sleep state. Many of them are still sleeping in, in actuality. There, there's not so much of a, a static consciousness to intrude on your clarity or your mental state. Uh, the same thing goes for, you know, uh, dusk. Um, people are setting their mindset to unwind, to to release, to to release the day's work or focusing on projects. They're 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 kind of telling themselves, okay, it's it's downtime now. Some people might suggest um, that later on in the evening would be better when people are going to sleep. And I would probably say to that, that's somewhat true, but also you are psychologically preparing yourself to sleep also. Um, the, the general mindset for earlier during dusk period is generally a bit better because uh, it's kind of a, a, a static consciousness saying unwind, relax, and clarity. So in my opinion, those are the two best times. But you know, the truth of the matter is, is there's no bad time to really meditate. Uh, it's just about what you can edge to your corner to, to give you that extra edge. Okay, I have a, uh, a Joe P. from Canada. Joe, if you're out there, can you press star six? I'm wondering if... Okay, there you go. Great. Yep. Joe, could you go ahead and let us know what your question was? Yeah, when I'm meditating, I seem to be feeling the prana a lot more through my mind chakra than my other two, and I'm just wondering why. Okay. Sure. Well, let me just kind of give you a – well, let me ask you a few questions more or less and, and make the statement that m most people will gravitate, not always, but in, in many cases, to what their natural chakra is. Uh, it's like to say if you if you bowl, your the bowling ball will naturally either you know hit to the left or hit to the right uh, because of your natural body position. So in other words, do you, do you consider yourself to be more cerebral or, or tend to contemplate a lot or, or stuff? that would be mind related um what what i suspect is is that uh, you tend to spend a lot of time cerebrally um more mental more mental focus and what's happening is, is you're gravitating to that area as your your natural focus joe are you back yeah i'm back okay great did you hear I'm what breaking i was in and out yeah okay so did, did you hear what i was saying about being very cerebral no okay what i what i was saying is is that most people, when they, they find that they get a lot of prana in certain chakra points more so than others, it, it tends to be their area that they they tend to be more natural akin to, meaning you're, you're probably very intellectual related. Do you follow what I'm saying? You'll, you'll find that you, you tend to do a lot of mental focusing and, and mental uh, uh, applications in a sense come a little bit more natural to you. Um, what is your background a little bit? Uh, study philosophy in university. All right, I, I'll reading. stop you there, and I rest my case. <laughs> so, so you you tend to be more natural there. So it's it's very natural for your inner mind, your inner navigator, to to feel drawn there. In other words, that's your center of, of your main strength. It's like saying, why don't you use your left arm versus your right? Okay, if you're right-handed, naturally you're going to use your right more often than your left even though they both virtually look identical. Uh, so say if you were left-handed, just the opposite. So in this case, people will use different centers, particularly chakra points, um, are going to come more natural without, without thinking about it. What, what I would suggest is, is to probably <laughs> not meditate for the next, oh, I'd probably say two to four weeks uh, at all on your, your mental chakra and really focus largely on your heart chakra and then mildly on the, on the lower chakra. 
And what that's going to do is uh, it's going to be like exercising your left arm and, and really not putting too much emphasis on your right. Uh, the, the end product is it's going to be a, a much more balanced meditation in a month from now. Um, more than likely, you'll have your most powerful breakthroughs at that point. And they should come rather naturally then. Okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. All right. Kathy N. from Texas. Kathy, are you out there? Press star six. Did I? Can you hear me? I sure can, Kathy. Okay. How are you, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> okay. What was your question? Well, my question is, is when you're doing the guided meditation, you, uh, when you're on the mind chakra, you, you talk about, um, like filling outside of your skull and breaking through, and mm -hmm. I just thought maybe you could give me a little more information okay. about where I need to be going with that. Okay, so so let me try to refine your question so I make sure that I, I address it correctly. Or are you saying that you're having some trouble visualizing or, or interpreting what I mean by by seeing outside of your the, the frontal skull, or is that what you're what you're saying? Kind of what am I, what am I doing? Okay. Well, the, the, simply put, you know, it's it's pretty simple. What you largely want to do is just focus on the sensation of your fingers on that chakra point, which which I'm sure you you understand already. But there comes a point where you start to have a a secondary awareness, a awareness of the environment, an awareness of of uh, yourself and your environment that, that you're in, meaning the room or wherever you're meditating. Um, if I'm if I'm getting the right um, question from you, because I'm, I'm still a little bit not sure, but w what I'm saying is to feel outside of yourself is and imagine what it's like to reach out and grab a glass of water. Uh, imagine your arm moving through the air, feeling the the glass, the texture of it, the coolness of it, whether it's got cold sweat on it or heat, whether it's a coffee cup. But you you kind of have that sensation without having. Uh, to have to actually do it. It's, it's kind of mentally recorded. What, what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm subtly trying to invoke or trick you, to be very honest, into using your, your extrasensory. In other words, when I say feel outside of yourself, I'm, I'm hoping that without thinking, you're, you're going to just allow yourself to experience the room. It's kind of as if you're, you're touching that glass, but you're, you're kind of touching the whole room at one time. And, and there's no real defined word to say this is a total sensation other than, than me saying it's a total sensation. It's, 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 you shouldn't expect to have a defined sense of, oh, I know specifically what this is. It's more or less to say this is this is kind of a new sensation, and I'm experiencing it. So I leave the vagueness so that your mind might explore and not feel too guided into to what you're supposed to feel. In other words, you're you're allowing yourself to experience something that your mind subconsciously is is looking or needs to to understand. It kind of knows what it wants, or at least an opportunity for your navigator to start teaching you without you directing with your conscious mind. Does that help at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. Uh, let's see. All right. I have a, uh, a Leon uh, Van Kreienberg, I believe it is, from Texas. If you could press star six if you're muted, and then we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I sure can, Leon. You pronounced that quite well. Oh, well, thank you very much. 
I was I was never very good at reading when I was young, so I I had to you know do the hooked on phonics thing. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's worth every penny. Oh, great! My name gets mutilated frequently. <laughs> okay, Leon, what can I what can I answer for you? I want to elaborate a little further on the question. I think it was Charles that asked regarding uh, the fact that he uh, finds himself with the mind chakra. I do as well. Okay. And what I, can... I want to understand is why is it important for the lower chakras? Because when I started out your program, I started out with the lower chakras, but after a very short period of time, yeah. I found myself just drawn to that uh, mind chakra very quickly, and I like it there. Yes, and so do I. <laughs> and I'll, and I, I have a very good answer for you, because the answer is not completely in one place. It's, it's to say that um, you could be listening to a piece of music, uh, a symphony, and the one thing that you focus on is maybe the, I don't know, some violin or, or a trumpet. And it, it's something that you gravitate to that feels natural to you. And, and you put all of your, your mental focus on that and experiencing that one piece of uh, instrument in this symphony. And it's, it's very important to, to um, acquire a taste outside of what, what is natural for you. Uh, by forcing yourself to do that, um, at first it feels very unnatural and there's this kind of resistance and, you know, gee, I don't know, it's good, but it's, it's not really what brings pleasure to me. And what will happen is, much like other things, you, you acquire a taste for it. You adapt and you start to learn through, through a process of experiencing uh, to, to kind of appreciate it in, in greater ways. Um, some people might say that uh, they had the same experience with drinking wine. Uh, they may have not liked wine at all. I'm I'm not a big fan of wine, but I'm told that uh, what happens is, is that you know they kind of keep playing around with it, trying different uh, wine uh, labels or, or whatever you would call it, and it, eventually they start to acquire a taste for it, and then they go back to 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 a, a wider range and, and continue to acquire that. So, I suppose what I'm saying is is that. When you when you learn to to bring in or harmonize more instruments, even though they're not your ideal instrument or what you gravitate to, in the end, it's it's the whole symphony that's going to move you to a height that that no single instrument could have done necessarily on its own fully, or at least in that way. And I mean, there's you know all these hypothetical questions and 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 such, you know, if using that as as the best example. But I think you you kind of know what I'm saying. Um, okay. Naturally, I mean, I'm more drawn to focusing on the mind chakra, um, but uh, I, I find that the greatest breakthroughs that I have had um, aren't necessarily when I was meditating with the mind chakra. They, they generally were on the heart chakra or on my lower chakra. Um, yeah, and I could pretty much say that, that you know, it's been close to, well, I don't want to say 20 years, but I guess I am saying it, that in my experiences with um, – other students is, is very similar for those that are very intellectual in, in that area. Um, yeah, well, okay. Well, funny that you say that because I find with my lower chakras, mm -hmm. I actually get some pretty horrendous involuntary twitches. Yes, yes, absolutely. That take place, which are somewhat, somewhat uncomfortable. And I've never had that at the mind chakra. Right. <laughs> Most of the time, um, we, we kind of associate these with energy blocks. Um, also, you could say that your your muscular uh, uh, system uh, to your body is going to react with electrical impulses um, naturally. And what's happening is, is you, I feel that uh, the best way to explain it is to say that you're you're tapping into your prana energy, or you're getting it to move around. You're you're awakening areas that you you normally wouldn't have ventured into. Um, it's foreign for you. 
and um, therefore it's going to have some quirks to to uh, work out. Uh, lately, I've been doing these uh, sit-ups with this uh, sit-up machine, which I <laughs> highly recommend. It looks horrible. It looks like it's something off of TV, but uh, you know, you, you got to go through the pain for the gains. And uh, I've you know, and early on have had the same uh, problems with the the energy twitching and such. And usually that can be associated with Kundalini or various kinds of energy working its way through your system. The best thing is to always remember that you are not only mental, spiritual, but but also physical, mind, body, spirit. And, there, and there's a reason for that. Uh, the best thing is to do some stretches and to prepare yourself physically so, so that it can better cope with and adjust to these energy movements that are moving through you. Bottom line is this. Energy is very real. It's coming from a different dimension. You're tuning yourself into it, and it's going to run on very similar nervous system lines as your nervous system is going to relate to expansion and retraction of muscles. So it's going to react to that thinking that it's, it's that same signal, uh, but it's not. And until it learns through, through trial and error, uh, you're going to have to probably go through a few of those those experiences, unfortunately, but they will pass, and um, you know I, most of it can be subsided with some some basic stretches before you actually engage into it. Okay, Leon. Good, thank you. You're very welcome. All right, what we got next here? Okay, uh, we have Frank Lubert. Okay, let's see what Frank's question was. Okay, here it is. Uh, it says, uh, "What are some recommended techniques for?" Politely dismissing the babbler. <laughs> I don't realize how long I have drifted away with the babbler until some point down the road when I realized the babbler got me again. Gee, uh, you know, there's a simple two-second answer to that, and I know everybody's at the edge of their seats, and now I'm going to tell you, ha-ha, I'm joking. <laughs> you know, the, the babbler, you have to realize the babbler for what it is. If you really, really, truly boil it down and uh, really accept it for what it is, the babbler is a necessary – well, I don't want to call it an evil, but it's, it's, it's a necessary thing. Um, most people uh, aren't white cells. The, the vast majority of people out there are red cells, and this is an integrated, natural, organic um, consciousness that, that is, is kind of designed to make sure that that organism functions on the planet, that it, that it does what it's supposed to do and that it, it's out there procreating and, and functioning and experiencing and surviving. And it's, it's there as a, as a necessity and it's very strongly uh, hotwired into all of our uh, biological consciousness and into our organic selves. So when you talk about, um, you know, how do I shut it down? You know, is there some simple way to do it? This, this has been the battle for thousands and thousands. <laughs> Since man began to, to contemplate self, this has been, been the problem as the babbler, and it's got a million different names. So having said that, you know, some of the things that, that I can put out there are, are this. I don't know if it was Socrates or, um, uh, or Plato, but I, I believe it was one of them for sure that said walking was the, the therapist of, of, of the brain, of the mind. And I, I strongly believe that. Um, I think that if you can incorporate going out on a walk, 
you know, even a treadmill, but but a walk preferably outdoors, you know, under under healthy conditions, of course. Um, the mind has a tendency to to work out all of its issues, its thoughts, its contemplations, its pressures, uh, you know, all the things that are demanded on us in a modern day life that that we probably didn't have, you know, uh, thousands of years ago, or at least as as demanding as they are today. Um, it it has its own way of of releasing that, and then after that walk, coming home and then sitting down and and then preparing to go into your meditation. I recommend that for most people who, who have the hardest time with that. And maybe it's not ideal for everybody, you know, due to their health or physical capabilities. But those who can, um, you, you'd be really surprised. And it's not something you have to always do. You just, you just do it for, for a while until you can just sit down and get to where you need to be. Once you've trained the brain to kind of unwind in effect, you're you're able then to to go to that place more often without the babbler talking more often. Um, another little nifty angle that uh, some people might find a bit quirky is um, I, I find sometimes sit down and, and have a conversation with the babbler. <laughs> what it, what I mean by that is um, sit down and, and hear the babbler out and and just go, oh, that's that's very interesting. What else? And then play the second role and go, well, blah, 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 you know, and whatever it is it's talking about. And, and, and then say to yourself, wow, that's, that's really interesting. What else can you tell me about that? And your mind's going to say, well, we've got to do chores. We've got to do laundry. We've got to do this and this. Wow, that's great. We've got to do laundry. Got you, gotcha, gotcha. What else do we have to do? Um, and what happens is, is that you almost tire out the babbler. There's something that happens psychologically that, that, is a an affirmation or a confirmation um, mentally, and it, it almost says, "Well, okay," and uh, it, it tends to lessen the babbler. Um, thirdly, you know, diet is a big one. If you're going to drink coffee or tea or any kind of stimulants, or you're going to have a donut or, or or a lot of sugar or anything that's going to stimulate the body, the body is hot wired, you know, directly into the babbler. I mean, the babbler are different states of consciousness. In your body, so you got one of them who, who's straddling for position. There's there's one that says I'm hungry. There's another one that says I want to rest and lay down. There's another consciousness that comes forward and says, you know, well, I don't like the buzzing and the sounds, and they're annoying me from outside. And they're they're all there for really survival mechanisms, going right back to evolutionary consciousness, as I was saying earlier. So. What you want to do is is to simply maybe perhaps sit down and acknowledge all of them and and say, you know, okay, I, I know we have to deal with this. I know this has been an, an issue. And uh, just start acknowledging through a list of things in your mind or write them down on paper. It may add an extra five or ten minutes before you, you meditate, but you'd be really surprised at how you, you mentally um, are self-trained to, to respond to stuff like that. So those are a few things. Another thing is, is that um, you might want to think of a, a mirror and see an image of yourself and focus on that image and tell yourself, okay, that's the babbler. That's who's, who's talking. And, and, and I accept that, that that's not me. It looks like me. It appears to be me. And this, in your mind, you have to say represents the babbler and shatter it. Just, just literally shatter it. Um, you're not going to go out of your mind. You're not going to have anything horrible happen. But, but what you're doing is, is you're, you're trying to bring forward your, your true self. And by doing so, you're giving yourself an advantage of saying, I want some quiet time. This is a necessary thing. And uh, I, I demand to have it. 
And these are, are just a few tricks. There's, there's quite a number of them, and, and I hope to, to get that information out. Um, but we could be here all night on, on that one subject alone. But the biggest one is, is diet. Watch what you're eating. Watch what you're drinking. Um, try not to introduce too many stimulants because that, that, uh, that's going to create different babblers to be empowered. And you want to make sure that you're not empowering them too much. Um, another little trick is uh, sometimes people say that they're sore or they're, they get muscle aches and stuff. Of course, I would say, you know, either sit or, or sit in a, in a chair. And, and, you know, and here's a great plug. I, I hate to do it, but uh, we have these these products. Uh, you know, uh, they're basically not a chair. So you you, you kind of use them as a strap to your, your legs and to your back. But I'll tell you right now, you use one of those. And I swear to God, I would never sell anything or endorse anything that I didn't truly believe in. This will, will literally leap your meditation tenfold. I mean, it, it's really that amazing. And if it's not, send it back. Uh, I've been using one now for, I believe, about 15 years, and I accredit it to some of the, the best breakthroughs in my own personal development many years ago. Uh, I cannot endorse it enough. So, But one of the tricks is, is to consider taking um, also some Advil before you meditate, about a half hour to 45 minutes beforehand. Um, this is a trick that I've done on occasion when, when I knew that I was going to go through a lot of physical fatigue or I was going for a long-haul meditation. Um, I mean, I would consider taking uh, two Advil or three Advil. Uh, I certainly do it on a rare occasion, but it's something you might want to put into your strategy to your meditations. And, of course, you don't want to do it every day or consider using aspirin. I mean, one or two aspirin a day is recommended anyway for your heart. So uh, that's another good angle. But using stuff to your advantage like that is, is a great way. But nine times out of 10, it's it's all always from one of your centers that's, that's invoking the babbler. Either it's from your, your mental stress survival one, uh, which is primitive, or it's coming from your hunger or from your, your physical fatigue. But these are all different mini consciousnesses that are speaking out that aren't really you. So you might just want to ask them all to, to give you 20 minutes and, and just be quiet. And you might be shocked at the results from asking yourself such a silly thing. Okay, so let's see what else we have here. Kevin Kevin D. from Greenville. Are you out there? Kevin D. from Greenville. Yeah, this is me, Eric. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? Just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I feel like a radio talk show host here. <laughs> okay. Kevin, what is your question? Well, I've been uh, doing the uh, meditations now for about uh, three months, and I've mm -hmm. uh, been doing them about twice a day, usually 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and I've done most of your your other external modules as well. And okay. I found them all very helpful, but okay. I seem to be sort of stuck, and I'm not seem to make any more progress. In fact, I feel like I made more progress at first than I have been in the last month or so. Okay. I was wondering if there's anything that you could suggest to help us. Uh, you know, breakthrough and, and have that breakthrough. Okay. The first thing, Kevin, I do not want you to mute yourself. Okay. I have a, a few questions I want to ask you. Um, I'm assuming that when you, when you say that you're, you, okay, first of all, let me start off. It's very normal and very typical for people to have great breakthroughs in their first month to two months. Okay. Very normal. In some cases, the first two weeks, and then it seems to subside. The, the reason for this is, is that, you know, the brain doesn't, really wants you to kind of awaken or connect to that sixth sense. I mean, human beings have, have, you know, pushed it down for such a long time that it's kind of taken this quirky position and it's allowed the babbler or the governor or whatever you'd like to call it to dominate. 
So what happens is much like like I hate to say like a cockroach or something with 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 pesticides, it learns to adapt to your strategy. And that's that's what it's doing. It's it's adapting to your strategy. Uh, the brain is saying, okay, let's let's find a way to to suppress this or negate this. And so it's it's preventing that from happening. And and the reason why I'm bringing this up first is that you have to understand that you're you're dealing with a kind of intelligence. Um, you're not dealing with just my I'm doing something wrong or my process is wrong. No, what what's happening is, is that you're posing a threat for for the governor. Uh, most people who hit this barrier usually have a very strong innate uh, psychic ability that's really on the verge of, of coming forward. And what it does is it, it dramatically senses that and wants to suppress it because because the governor or your your babbler recognizes it. I, I hate to say as a threat, but as a as a foreign threat because it hasn't accepted it as being a part of the whole or as, or as natural. Uh, we learn through through society that these things are considered unnatural or 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 perhaps you know bad or or you know that that aren't part of the the natural process of our identity. And we may say that we accept it and we're above all that, but psychologically deep rooted in us, there there are certain barriers. I mean, obviously there are. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to deal. With the babbler and everything else. Having said that, um, you have to to really find um, a process that works for you that's going to switch it up. The, the first thing is this is why we we make all these different albums. And uh, you know I'm not trying to endorse the the albums we put out there. What I would say is is find other music. That's your your first tool is switch it up. Always switch it up. Do not use the same music over and over and over again. It's very important to to throw in a new twist. Some people are very shocked at at some of the music I put out because it ranges from very, you know, warm and and cozy kind of music to to what is considered high-end techno with lots of bassy beats in it. Um almost disturbing. And the reason I do this is is to keep it switching up constantly so that the the babbler or uh, your governor does not begin to suppress you from moving forward or having more breakthroughs. Um, some of the things that you can also do that are little tricks is start changing or relocating your meditation spot. And if you have been relocating your meditation spot from, from one position to the other, then just do the opposite. Uh, find a small rug and use that rug all the time. Saturate it with your energy. Saturate it with your vibration. Use the, that space as your zone, your area, and it's going to empower it. Um, thirdly, you need to perhaps um I, I don't know how else to say it, but but surrender it. Um there there is again here I'm I'm plugging, but uh there's a CD we put out. It's it's called Surrender. Um or at least I, I'm not even sure what I have so many stuff out now, but I, I believe it's called Surrender. And um it's going to to help you to to strategize how to release that blockage. I mean, some people say, well, well how do I see it or how, what do I call it? Just just see it for what it is. I want to remove the blockage. Use the technique. It, there's like two hours or something of, of, of training there and surrender it and uh, you will have a profound bake, breakthrough. Um, I'll tell you personally, I mean, there was about Oh, many years ago, of course, but many years ago, I had a, a dry spell for almost, I'd say almost a month. And uh, what led to that was me really persevering through it and believing that I was more or less <sighs> psychically what I felt was probably a little bit more 
advantage to to me versus what most people can 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 probably experience. But psychically, the only way I can interpret it is to say that I was moving through the universe. There was a, a, a me moving like stars and planets, and that was me having breakthroughs psychically, spiritually, you know, saying, oh, I have this revelation. Oh, I, I was just able to do that or this. And it was very exciting. And at one point, it was almost as if I hit this part of space where there were no stars. It was like a big empty space. And it's like an ocean, I guess. And you, you know, when you're on the ocean, you can see the shore and you can see all the pretty things there and, and, and maybe people walking in as you head out to sea, there's, there's this direction where there's just nothing out there. It's flat. It's, it's just pure sky and water horizon. And if you keep going out there, eventually you might look in all directions and there's nothing there. And the presumption is, uh, uh, or the sensation is a feeling of non-movement, a feeling of Nothing's happening. Um, and then, of course, there's this anxiety and this fear, which comes from that primitive state again. And what what I guess I'm saying is, is that I was able to sense the movement and many people aren't able to sense that movement and they give up and they, they go, well, maybe I'm not maybe nothing's happening now or I'm, I'm not having any breakthroughs. Well, now you're setting expectation. You're, you're saying more or less to the universe, I expect something should be happening. And the universe is saying, oh, really? You know, what, what exactly are, are you expecting to have happen? Should you know? Are you uh, uh, capable of assessing what should be happening now? Are you that evolved? So in essence, what happened was is that I accepted that, that I was moving or realized that I was still moving, but there was nothing to gauge that progress. And what happened was eventually I hit the other side and that other side was, was absolutely profound. Uh, I believe that in the, the foundations that I talk about this, this beam of light and floating, that actually was, was uh, very much uh, the, the experience I had. And I believe that was the dry period that I had just before that. So in either case, um, you, you have to come to your own terms and one of the biggest things I would say to you is, is, is don't have expectations. And what, I, what I'm trying to say is very important that you understand what I mean by this. When we begin to have internal expectations or I haven't felt anything lately or I haven't experienced anything lately or I'm questioning my spirituality and where, where this is taking me, we're, we're also at the same time setting a standard of expectation. I should be expecting this. I should be expecting that. Not specifically knowing what it is, but definitely defining a limit without without really saying what that limit is. We're, we're setting demand to the universe. And the universe really wants its own palette. It wants to say, you don't know what you want. How could you possibly know what you want? You You need to come forward with a clean slate with no expectation. Just just completely clear, put put the technique that you've learned in progress so that you know your motor's running, the, the boat is moving in a direction. Trust that you're doing everything correctly and and see where it's going to take you and say, okay, I, I accept this situation for what it is. I'm going to continue practicing my technique and we're, we're, I'll give it, you know, uh, a month or two and, and see what happens. I'll, I'll tell you, when you really do get to that point. And this is where I, why I mentioned surrender, because it's basically teaching you that method. But you don't really need to be to buy surrender to really figure that out, I guess is what I'm saying. So, but when you really come to that, that acceptance inside of you, I, I can almost assuredly say you, you'll, you will have a profound breakthrough. Um, what we're always looking for is we're always looking for the, the next 
bigger high. And this is what we do in real life. And we start to bring that into our spiritual life. Uh, if we go to a roller coaster, we don't want to go on a smaller ro roller coaster afterwards. We want a bigger, better one. And we keep saying bigger, better, bigger, better. And it, it, this begins to, to get into whether or not we're able to interpret what bigger and better is or whether physically you could go so high that, that or so fast the G-force kills you, you know, from, from moving or lack of oxygen from going so high. We don't, we don't think about that. So what I'm saying is, is that it's there. You have to be patient with yourself. Be patient with the universe. Keep applying the technique. Keep applying and have faith in it. And try not to, to set a level of I should have ex had another experience by now, because my suggestion would be to you, it's, it's kind of like a balloon blowing up and you've had a few now and they blown up and they were really great and amazing. They popped. You said, wow. And you got very excited. And now you have one blowing up and it, it's a bigger one. I assure you, it's much bigger, but you're so used to it blowing up at a certain speed. You're saying, OK, shouldn't shouldn't have I gotten to the grand finale yet? And you, you're becoming, in a sense, inner, inside-wise, impatient. And this is one of the, I think, spiritual cliches that prevent profound awakenings in people is our natural uh, sense of, of demand or expectation as to when that should be happening or how fast it should be happening. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of material out there for people to practice. And I, I make a lot of claims. If you do this, you know, you're going to have these experiences and et cetera, so on and so forth. But, you know, I can't I cannot say that everybody specifically is going to fit into an exact mold. Um, that's the problem. Um, but in either case, uh, you know, that's what I really have to say about it. Does that help you at all? It does. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right. Let's see. We got a Kathy Yu from Fort Collins. Kathy, are you out there? Okay. Uh, as I've worked with the meditation as well as the tones for some time, I find that the tones come in automatically while I'm doing the foundation meditation. Is it okay to combine them? And if so, how? All right. A couple notes here. I see a lot of questions and I see that the, the time is flying. Um, I got two choices to continue going into these questions in-depthly or to, to give very quick and to-the-point answers. And I'm, I'm not sure which way to go because I, I want to answer a lot and make sure we cover everybody here. So I'm, I'm going to try to speed it up a little bit. Um, first of all, tones. A lot of you guys out there might be wondering, what the hell is she talking about, the tones? Uh, Again, this is not a sales pitch. <laughs> These are real real questions. I wish the person was able to pick up the phone. Uh, there is a whole secondary meditation um, that I teach that's out there that's based upon uh, frequencies of, of uh, inaudible sound. Uh, basically, I refer to it as the sound of God. It's everywhere, no matter where you are. And when you train with it, it actually will enhance greatly your, your – uh, higher state of consciousness, if you will, your mind versus the organic brain, uh, the breakthroughs can be profound. Uh, her question basically, uh, I'll repeat, it says, as I've worked with the meditation, meaning the foundation, as well as the tones, meaning the second meditation that I teach, I find that the tones come in automatically while I'm doing the foundation meditation. Is it okay to combine them? And if so, how? Absolutely perfect to combine them, but it takes great skills and discipline combining them. Uh, 
it's like rubbing your stomach and patting your head at the same time, which, by the way, I do really well. <laughs> but in either case, if you can practice with it, I recommend it highly. But I also recommend that you not become too engrossed with it, because if you do, you're 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 going to find that you're trying to learn a skill rather than focusing on receiving prana and energy, which is also catapulting you spiritually and, and the balance in your life and enhancing you consciously. So in other words, you're, you're working so hard at developing your meditation in, a, in another arena that you're forgetting the core of what you should be getting out of it or, or at least receiving what you should. So I almost would split them into two different sessions. I would do your, your standard meditation because it's, it's an absolute. Without it, I, I mean, I just can't imagine achieving half the goals without it. And then, uh, you know, do a workout with the second meditation. So bring in, the, bring in the tones and make that into to a different session during the day so that you can work on perfecting it. Once you've hit it and you can balance the two or integrate them, the pitches are going to become your, your outside more or less music that we, we use currently uh, in other formats. What is going to become very fascinating is that, one, working with the tones is like trying to learn how to juggle. At first, it seems chaotic and impossible, and then all of a sudden, you, you start to catch on and you get better and better and better, and each ball becomes a different pitch with inside the tones you realize it's not one tone but several of them and then all of a sudden you as you like like uh, uh juggling you can add more and you can actually direct and control where they're going into you you eventually you eventually are not thinking about it the the trick to it is is to do that while you're meditating on your chakra points and and going through your your other techniques um if you can bring the two of them together, uh, it can have huge benefits, massive benefits. But uh, I'll tell you, it's it's no easy task. Um, I recommend it if you do it. Uh, you know, uh, if you can do it often, fine, more power to you. But I would still split it up and and not let it consume you too much because remember, the tone meditation is designed to teach you to move and to function in your dimensional consciousness, your dimensional body. And it's very alien-esque to our organic thinking. It's almost like we can't compute it. And, and, and it takes time to master it and to feel comfortable with it and to realize it's, it's true profoundness. When you can learn to separate the pitches and control them, um, I mean, you, 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 your train of thought just for a second bleeps, all of a sudden it becomes one solid pitch of sound. Uh, it takes great mental skill to keep them all stretched out and, and be able to, to concentrate on each one singularly at the same time. This is what gives you the mind ability to move your mind in these other dimensions and do other things later. Uh, it's kind of like in Karate Kid, wax on, wax off. You're learning something very profound. When you meditate, you're really learning on quieting the mind, quieting the babbler, getting your physical body to, to go to a place that's going to allow your higher consciousness to move into those higher places or to allow you to experience God or the universe to communicate with you and, and let it inform you what it, what it wants from you or, or assist you to get to, to that awakening that you want. So there, there are two different schools of, of technique by bringing them together it's good but you, you really got to be careful and very skilled how you bring them together but yes and, and yes to that question all right the next question is from linda j in new york linda are you with us i am okay linda how are you doing fine okay great what's your question 
I'm um, just starting out on the medication. It just um, occurs to me that maybe I, like some other people who are new, are just maybe a little afraid of what we will encounter, what we will see, what we will, what will happen when we get into these deep um, meditations. Absolutely. Um, well, I'll tell you, I've never had one single bad experience ever. Um, Every single person I've ever, and I, I'm, I, I'll be very absolutely honest with you. Uh, you know, of course, I have dealt with entities, and you want to call it the dark side, or call it whatever you want, and that's that's a whole conversation in itself. We we have material that goes into that extensively, but not one single occurrence during meditation. In fact, I'll tell you, um, one of the things I would strongly recommend is a is as a very strong defense against any negative entities or, or negative energy of any type that that would bring in a bad occurrence, is to just simply say, you know what, plop down. Get focused going into your meditation, and literally you are setting a a harmonic vibration, a a a a, a feeling of beautiful positive energy, and what happens is it just emanates and consumes everything around you. Um, you know, uh, I often say the dark side. Uh, you know, there's a lot of truth to every myth or 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 story. Um, you know, most of it's rubbish, of course, but 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 there's truth in the sense that 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 five percent there's there's truth to it. Let's say that's what it's based on, and the rest is all rubbish to every folktale. Let's say, and you know, it's 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 been said on many occasions that the dark side or demons feed on fear, and I would say that there's probably a lot of truth to that. Uh, Fear is is very much an energy, and it's 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 a a sense of um of no control, a sense of loss, a sense of despair, a sense of vulnerability. And when you think in terms of of energy being within you and working with that energy, what you're really saying to your energy field is is to really disperse, to 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 be to to remove its its structural um, uh, bindings that that become your dimensional body, and and you're really making it vulnerable. And when you meditate and you go into the state, I mean, there ain't one single chakra that's not like 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 enhancing or amplifying your dimensional strength. So you're really robusting yourself uh, immediately. Just the thought of meditation without even doing the meditation, just thinking about meditating invokes a certain feeling in you. The same way if I if I say cotton candy, you know, you're going to invoke this this fuzzy, sweet taste on your tongue melting. It, 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 that's a vibration you're emanating. And so meditation is a very profound uh, uh, concept. It tells you to be relaxed, to be pure, to be centered, to be strong, to, to, to allow good things. When you think of meditation, it is a, it is a very positive vibration. Um, so therefore, you know, I, I just could not imagine, and I can imagine an awful lot, uh, uh, you know, anything negative happening. You're, you're, the only thing that, that I could say if I was really to go out on a stretch is that human beings naturally tend to fear what they don't understand. Uh, you know, when when in ancient history, I'm sure, was, you know, we ran around without no fire and, and half reason, let's say, and the lightning bolt hit a tree and there was fire. I'm sure man ran from it terrified. What What is it? 
Um, it, you know, it, of course, it was the shaman, the spiritual person. They they prod it out, and his job was to figure out what what was going on, and is it a message from the gods or or is it for something else? And you know, the the thing is that it could have helped them, it could it could have fed them, it could have sheltered them, it could have done great things for them, but but they feared it, so they 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 assumed it was bad or or, or evil or or dangerous until they until they understood it, and as they understood it, they conquered their fear and were able to utilize it in great ways. Um, but also recognize it also had great destructive properties without without the proper respect. Well, m- meditation is the same thing. Um, meditation holds profound wellness for human beings. It, it balances you biochemically, proven. It, it lowers sugar levels. It lowers stress levels. It, it, it's good for the heart. It's good for biochemicals in the brain. Um, it sets all of your your, your organs, uh, per se, to, to a, a very uh, perfect state of function uh, as it's progressed. It, it, it amplifies your health and healing processes from cancer patients and such. Uh, mentally, your mind uh, at some point is craving to awaken the spiritual part of you, the navigator, and it's going to to amplify those natural things within your own body as much as it's already amplifying the other natural healthy things of your body. Only good things. Only good things. Okay, Linda, you there? Yeah, you just have to kind of trust that it's going to happen that way. Well, you you got to have a little bit of trust, and and you know what I would say is just go slowly. Uh, you know, if you go into it saying you you want to only experience what you can, what you're ready for. Do you see what I'm saying? It, it you know, meditation. The beautiful thing about it is, is that you really have complete control. And the the funny thing is, is the the easiest thing for you to do is to block out incredible experiences. So if you're really not ready for it, ten to one, it, it it's going to start you off very gradual. And uh, I think that anything that might shake you up a little bit is is probably going to be something that you look back at as wow, that that was something I really needed at that time, and, and it really catapulted me forward. Good, thanks, Eric. You're very welcome. All right. Uh, let's see, Kathy E. from uh, Williamburg, Williamsburg. Is there a Kathy E. out there? Okay. Well, it says here I am a longtime meditator using. Hello. Okay. I'm a longtime meditator using many techniques, including yours, twice a day for six months, and yet. There are times when I feel a real resistance to doing it, and once I stop, it is difficult to get started again. I am there now. What a, uh, what's 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 that about? Well, one I read in here says I'm a longtime meditator using many techniques, okay, uh, including yours. Well, you know, I kind of I don't want to come down on on this person, but you know, uh, uh, you know, if you're going to use a program, in all honesty. You've got to give it a fair shake. And I, I have to say, you're not giving something a fair shake if you're throwing other methods in there. And and I, I hate to sound arrogant, but, um, you know, there's just there's just some programs out there that I'm aware of that are, are just very counterproductive to people really achieving a spiritual experience. And, and my answer to to that is, well, you know, uh, the first thing is, is that you're, you're using mine. Why did you decide to use mine if you're using these other programs? Because your other programs weren't working. I, I don't know how else to put it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been looking for something more. Um, my suggestion is if you want the breakthroughs that you're, you're asking me about, then I, I suggest you put everything else aside. Give this program fair shake. Give it 30 days. 
And uh, I think you're going to come to the same answer that thousands of other people who, who are currently using it ha- have come to and, and had for a realization. And I, I think that's the most honest answer I can give. Okay, so who else do we have here? All right, live question. Ed from Washington. Are you there, Ed? Hello, yeah, Ed's here. How are you, how are you doing, Ed? Good. How am I doing? Am I sounding okay out there? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Ed, what's your question? Yeah, when you were talking about breakthroughs and, and meditation earlier, what what do you mean by a uh, breakthrough? Well, a breakthrough can come in in different levels, you know, and it's different for 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 you know people. Some people, it's a breakthrough at the basically it's a breakthrough for the level that you're at, where you can say I've just had a a marked level of change. For some people, I would say it's it's going to be conquering the babbler and learning to to shut it down seventy five percent because I don't think most people out there are ever going to get a hundred percent no babbler, and if you do it's it's not going to be every single time, and you have to accept that and the sooner you accept that, the more profound most of your other experiences or or meditations are going to be for for other people. It's going to be an out-of-body experience or a, a dimensional uh, reality shift where, where you're no longer in your room, you're no longer in your environment, but, but you know you should be meditating. And you may have some beings who, who, who decide to come forward and, and talk to you, and you're going to swear they're standing right in front of you. You're going to see them physically. Uh, an, uh, another breakthrough may be uh, an experience with, with how you might define God. I don't think it's going to be an old man coming off of a throne, but you're, you, I mean, there's just no way to describe it in human terms, is, I guess is what I'm saying, but it, it's literally going to be profound. So a breakthrough can take on uh, many dimensions depending on your own uh, level of, of progress or where you're at. So a breakthrough would be something to say that is profoundly or, or uh, uniquely uh, different than any of your other experiences. And uh, that's something that should be ongoing. It should cons- consistently happen as long as you are within practice and opening yourself to these uh, experiences or opportunities. Does that help? Uh, a little bit, yes. Oh, then what do you mean a little bit? Hit me, hit me <laughs> well, up. I don't like those kind of answers. Uh, I've been meditating for a while with your technique, okay. and it just seems like I'm not, you know, nothing, nothing is happening. Okay. Um, Ed, how, how long have you been meditating? Uh, on and off for almost 20 years, I've been using your technique for oh, about a little over a year and a half. Okay. Are you using any other techniques? And be honest with uh, me. Yes, yes, I am. Okay. Which which gets back to the first thing I said just a little while ago. Okay. Given, giving me a fair shake. Okay. Now, I know most people are thinking, well, you know, this other stuff shouldn't interfere and it shouldn't be a problem. I'll repeat. Give me a fair shake. Okay, because I I know what's out there too. I I don't think you're doing anything I don't know about. And if you if you are, you better let me know about it. <laughs> but in either case, um, I believe if you give it a fair shake, let it stand on its own merits for 30 days, you're going to have the results you want. You're going to have that breakthrough. I know it's a fact. I I I can't. I don't want to say this is the way it is, but you know, you this is not the first time, uh, Ed, that I've I've heard something like this. I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I just kind of know what, what the gambit is. Okay? Okay. Okay. We got five minutes left. So uh, so let me see if we can fit on uh, one more question. Can we do that? All right. We have uh, a Bob B. from Canada. 
Okay, Bob's question is going to be where to focus my awareness once thoughts have been silenced. Good question. Where to focus my awareness once thoughts have been uh, silenced? You know, it's it's when you when I hear someone ask that question, I know immediately what the problem is. And it goes back to something I said very earlier in the beginning of this teleconference is you're putting conditions without realizing it. Okay. Um, or what I would call expectation. And that's a big one. I'm going to say it again, expectation. He's asking where to focus my awareness once thoughts have been silent. So he's gotten to the point where he's, he's gotten the babbler aside. Awesome. And he's, he's got this clarity and he's saying, what do I do next? And my answer would be, Enjoy the silence. Enjoy the nothingness. When when you can embrace the nothingness kind of emotionally, almost like in your heart chakras is kind of how I do it. Um, you, there's this this inner peace that is very elating, very, very blissful, very happy, very. But it, it's not like you're really smiling or giggling. You just feel you feel complete. You feel solace. You feel just wow. And um what happens is, is that you accept it. You're saying you, you kind of get to this point where you're like, okay, this is good. If this is as good as it gets, I'm fine with that. And when you when you get to that point, that's when the big wow all of a sudden happens. It's it's as if a whole other veil opens, and you you enter into that hyperdimensional state of consciousness, and it's going to direct you in some direction that that's going to fit you the most. Uh, meaning you you may go out into the universe, you may see planets floating below you. You may enter into uh, a, another world. You may you may see beings that, that decide to communicate to you. It all depends on your resonance, your energy. It's, it's like a tune. It's like a channel. It's a, a certain weight, 98.7, 32.5. It's going to emanate where you gain entrance to. So, the the big thing is, is is not to anticipate, not to set a condition or even look for a condition. The fact that you're looking is telling the universe kind of like you're 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 I mean, I, I guess the only way I could say it is is that when we look for something we look in the biological state of mind. We, we, we are so used to our five senses and how we interpretate reality that the second we start trying to look for something, we, we unconsciously are looking for something physical. We are, we are looking for something that, that we can grasp mentally that makes sense to us rather than something possibly being completely different and unique and new to us. So it's very important not to have a sense of, of, of expectation, uh, rather look at the finer, uh, sense of it or the lines in between to say that you want to focus on absolutely nothing. And then also have that, that sense of, of, of surrendering that need to know. And that's what gains you interest. The thing that's preventing one from that kind of breakthrough is to have that inner intention of finding the next thing. Because you, you're really – that intention is coming from the babbler. It's just disguised itself as something new. I mean I, I know you're like, oh, my God, how do you ever win? But it, it's done, it, and it is achieved at the, the most ironic points that you never would have expected yourself to achieve. I've seen people do it in their third meditation, and I, I was wowed. I was like, well, you know, it's almost impossible to say, but it, it happens. And so when you find that inner peace, you, you already know – in a sense that you're looking for something more, you know, it doesn't have to be said. There's a whole reason why you're doing this. There's, there's already an intention is what I call it. What you have to do is let the intention freely kind of propose to the universe 
you're ready for something much bigger than 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 what you've been exposed to. But when you have expectation, expectation is is different than intention. And, and you need to you need to take those two words and think about them: expectation and intention. And when you internalize it and read it in a, in a dictionary or, or an encyclopedia, digest it, think about it, because that's that is the very things that are going to separate and distill the two for you, and you're going to understand. So. By having expectations, you're really setting a condition unconsciously as to what the universe can show you. You're, you're saying, I'm looking for something, and, I, and it has to be big, and it has to be amazing, and it has to be something, anything. But it's coming from a place that the universe doesn't necessarily understand, I guess, or interpret. It's like another language. And when you have intention, you're not really asking for anything. It's kind of like you're, you're, you're looking out at a, at a vista, a view. And then all of a sudden you, you see the trees, you have your expectation, but you, you all of a sudden there's a moment where you see beyond that and it reveals itself to you. It's almost like you knew something was going to happen, but you just didn't know how to formulate what was going to happen. And all of a sudden you see this beautiful peachy sunset going down with the most amazing lights and this beautiful wind kicks up and this seagull flies two feet from you and, and lands there. And, and you're just like, wow, wow, wow. But it's, it's more amazing than that. And I, I cannot do justice with, with mere words other than to say that, that there is a sense of expectation and intention. And the difference for me, at least, is intention is, is when I sit down and meditate, I don't have to think about wanting something to happen. I just assume it's going to happen when it's going to happen. And, and that's that. That when I go in with expectation, it's almost as if I'm, I'm anticipating or searching actively, but in, in this other kind of state of consciousness. I, I hope that makes sense somehow to, to everybody. So do I have time for one more or we, we, and we're done, huh? Okay. I, I guess that's that. Um, again, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I hope everybody's enjoyed their, their time. I've certainly enjoyed mine. I'm looking forward to doing this again. I hope we get a lot of feedback from you, from you guys out there and you let us know what you thought. So uh, it encourages us to, to do this more often. And uh, thank you all and uh, have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas to you all. Take care. Bye-bye. A lot of people ask us, where is the best place to start with our courses and material? The fundamental backbone of everything in our catalog is the Foundation Meditation System. This is a unique meditation technique geared to the purpose of absorbing prana, stimulating key regions of the body that enhance sensory development, and allow one to tap into a source of unbridled spiritual energy. Foundation Meditation can be learned in our book, Meditation Within Eternity, or you can visit our website, foundationmeditation.com, to acquire the audio course. Again, that's foundationmeditation.com. Each of Eric's books comes with a secure readers-only section online that contains a treasure trove of complimentary free training material. When you add up all the free training you get with each book, you have a combined total value of over $1,000 in additional content. This includes classes, guided meditation exercises, and more. Digital and physical copies are available at higherbalancebooks.com. Order the set on discount now, and we'll also send you a free guru deck in the mail for physical orders. Again, that's higherbalancebooks.com. Go there now, order your set, and join the growing movement of spiritual adepts. 
follow us on Instagram at Higher Balanced Institute, all one word. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. If you would like to support this podcast, please visit our online store at higherbalance.com. Meditation. It's more than just relaxation. There are different kinds of meditation, just like there are different tools to do a job. Finding the right kind of meditation will decide whether you awaken or whether you just simply drift. Energy. More than just a thought, but of movement that you can literally feel through your body. Visions. More than a faded idea within your consciousness, but rather a vivid reality so clear it'll make you question reality itself. Meditation, if used properly, will show you how to move the currents of your mind into a better life, a more prosperous life, consciousness expanding, memory improvement, inner balance, higher balance. Most of all, discover who and what you are and what you can do. Join us at Higher Balance Institute. We'll help change your world. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio.